Android is the future. That's what everyone is saying. Android device sales are outpacing sales of Apple devices every month now. So why don't all the numbers add up? This is the Mobile Developer Show. This show is about mobile and the cloud for developers and startups. I'm your host, Drew Wells. Thanks for joining me. For links mentioned in this show, check out show notes at mobiledevelopershow.blogspot.com. Before we dive into more Android versus Apple, let's look at some other stories. My Android Development Income Report. My Big Fat Android Development Income Report. Uh, no, I think that's just my Android Development Income Report. Android developer Chris from Poland posts on his blog and Hacker News about his income from creating ad-supported Android novelty apps like X-Ray Scanner, Crack Screen, and Virtual Drums. The apps have been out for six months, and he's now getting around 500,000 downloads a month in the Android market. More than half of that's coming from X-Ray Scanner. He's made about $1,000 a month in August, September, and October, each month $1,000, from people clicking in-app ads. Uh, that's likely from AdMob, though he doesn't say specifically. Check out his post for more details. Other Hacker News readers shared their experience in the comments with iOS apps income. Big Noggins says, Just as a point of reference from the iOS world, my free apps have fewer than 80,000 downloads total, but last month I generated $4,000 from ads. You really can't beat the eCPMs from iAds. Android's a great platform, but the app market really is miles behind iOS. Rampant piracy, poor app market organization, and difficulty for most users to purchase paid apps means that if you want to actually make a living developing apps, iOS should still be far and away the number one choice, in my opinion. And another user, Green Gar Studios, comments, What makes the biggest difference on the iPhone is the sheer number of downloads. There are more iOS users, and each user uses a lot more apps. So an app that gets 200,000 downloads on Android might get 2 million downloads on iPhone. And he says, these numbers are roughly based on actual figures from my apps, like BrainTuner, a simple game I created, which are available on both iOS and Android. Even if the CPM stays the same, revenue would be 10x because there are about 10x the impressions. Uh, links are in the show notes on both the development income report and the discussion on Hacker News. UI guidelines for mobile and tablet web app design. So check out this post from mobilexweb.com with 20 links to official UI and user experience guidelines for manufacturers. This is great stuff for designers and developers. Using Fiddler to sniff mobile device application traffic. Doug Rathbone describes a clever trick he came up with to sniff mobile app traffic using Fiddler. Fiddler is a web debugging proxy created in .NET by Eric Lawrence. Most people use it in Windows to debug Internet Explorer, though it works with any browser. Doug thought of using it with his iPhone, and it's a great idea. You'll need Windows to run it, but you can use it to analyze, debug, and tune any kind of HTTP traffic from any app running on any Wi-Fi-enabled mobile device, not just iPhones. Check out the link in the show notes. Here's another one from Hacker News. Ask Hacker News, bypass apps, and go straight to HTML5. Hyman Roth asks, assuming a mobile service needs to be launched in six months' time, does it make sense to go straight to HTML5? Will the market be ready? Matthew C. Ford replies, hey, get the best of both worlds. Build an HTML5 and put a thin wrapper around WebView with PhoneGap or Titanium to get in the App Store distribution channel. 
So a lot of commenters agreed with that. And uh, in general, it turns into a discussion about the merits of native apps versus HTML5. And uh, the users give links to example sites and they share their real world experience. And that's a good one for the discussion. Um, right now, you really can't get the responsiveness, and this is my comment here, from HTML5 that you can from a native app. So if you need that finger feel and responsiveness, uh, go for the native app. But if you don't, then HTML5 with a wrapper is a good way to go. Less framework, grid-based CSS with inline queries for mobile, iPad, desktop. Um, less framework is a cross-device CSS grid system based on using inline media queries. So this grid system includes layouts that are suitable for iPhone, iPad, and Android phones and tablets. The layouts are based on resolution, not device, so they should work for any other smartphones as well. It's links from Hacker News Day today. Optimize your website for iPhone in 10 minutes. Uh, the link isn't bad, but what I enjoyed was the smackdown in the first comments by Geuis, G-E-U-I-S, uh, Hacker News user, who says, Here's an idea. Don't optimize your site for my iPhone in 10 minutes. And he goes on. One, user scalable equals no. I'm so tired of going to sites that are optimized for my tiny little screen on the iPhone. Lots of people don't have very good vision. I prefer sites where I can double tap and pinch to zoom in and out so I can read text. If you're going to disable user scalable, make sure your font sizes are bigger than they would be normally on the web. And he goes on with some more points. That's kind of fun to, to read. Next story, one-third of top-grossing iPhone apps are free. 34 of the top-grossing 100 iPhone apps are free, and they generate their revenue with in-app purchases. These are mostly game and entertainment apps right now, but the freemium model is already popular with desktop and web ISVs, so this model is likely to grow in all mobile categories. There are developers that argue against freemium because it's easy to give away too much for free, and then conversions from free to premium are extremely low. So you want to watch out and tune that model if you're going to do it. Objective C, iPhone beginner programming books. Oscar Delbin over at Hacker News links to the CocoDev blog's list of beginning programming books for Objective-C and iPhone development. Uh, there's a really good comment in there from Dee Gallagher. He replies with his favorite books and a quick summary of the strengths. It's a good one if you're looking for beginner books there and a great way to pick it out out of the large number of them that are out there now. I like this next story. NVIDIA's CEO. Next-gen Android tablets will be magical. He doesn't give any tablets, but NVIDIA CEO gushes about the next generation of Android tablets and says they'll be groundbreaking and magical. We'll see when they come out, but I'm just glad he said magical about the Android tablet before Apple trademarked that word. The Art of Not. Rand of Rand's in Repose reflects on product design of Instagram. That's that new social photo app for iPhone. It's had about 500,000 downloads in just a few weeks. Everybody seems to be using it, and Rand is also using the hell out of it. And he praises it for their restraint, and he analyzes what they left out of the design and why that makes it more successful than a more feature-filled app. Android Sync App Tutorial This link is a beginner-level tutorial to show Android developers how to write a simple sync app to work with OpenMobster. That's an open-source mobile cloud platform. I've also included a link to an overview of the Open Mobster project.
Instapaper default PNG dilemma. This is Instapaper, not Instagram. Marco Arment, creator of Instapaper, my personal favorite iPhone iPad reading app, describes his issues with the initial static launch image displayed by iOS apps. That's default PNG, and how he decided to deal with it in his app Instapaper. He's thoughtful as always and carefully outlines his thoughts on one of the finer points of iOS app development. I've included a link to the Hacker News discussion on the post where several people describe their experience with default PNG in iOS. This is cool. Develop iOS apps without a Macs or Xcode. LI Mobile is a Linux appliance just released this week that lets a developer code, compile, and install iOS apps without using an OS X computer. It's brand new, and I haven't tested this, of course, so who knows if it works, but it's a cool hack. There's a link to the project and a demo video in the show notes. By the way, this show is brought to you by Falafel Software, expert U.S.-based development, consulting, and training services for Microsoft-based technologies and iOS, Android, and Windows Phone. www.falafel.com Are you working on tools that help other developers deliver great business applications? Falafel is looking for great teams to invest in. Ping us if you'd like to talk about working together. Email me, Drew, D-R-E-W, at falafel.com, F-A-L-A-F-E-L.com. So, jQuery Mobile Alpha 2 has been released. John Resig released the second alpha for jQuery Mobile. This JavaScript framework supports all Apple iOS, all Android devices, the BlackBerry Torch, Palm, WebOS, and Nokia N900. It's feature complete right now with a number of bug fixes and improvements. There's still a lot of work and performance optimization to do, but it's already an impressive way to support cross-platform web apps on mobile. I've also included a link to devgrow.com tutorial, creating a simple app using jQuery mobile. That should help to get you started if you haven't used it before. Uh, jQuery on regular web apps is great, and the jQuery mobile is really cool. So I recommend checking that one out. I mentioned last week that Gingerbread might be released on November 11th. Well, it didn't come out on November 11th as rumored, and no new rumor has risen up to taking its place. Another no-show was iOS 4.2, which was also not released this week. Uh, rumor now has it that this delay is related to problems with Wi-Fi dropping connections on the iPad. The new rumored date is November 24th, just in time for Thanksgiving in the U.S. Really, it's nothing but delays this week. Android Netflix streaming is delayed because of DRM. Since Android has no OS-based DRM, like iPhone and Windows Phone, Netflix will be working with individual handset makers to add DRM to specific devices. Netflix is obviously serious about Android, as they've been posting job listings for Android devs since at least June. Select Android devices will receive Netflix early next year when Android tablets are flooding the market. All right, let's dive into that Android versus Apple numbers thing now. Android OS is now number two behind Symbian, according to Gartner. Gartner's latest report on mobile OS usage shows Android selling 20.5 million units in the third quarter of this year to capture 25% of new smartphone sales. Symbian is number one with 29.4 million units and 36% share. 
Gartner has Apple iOS at number three with just 13.4 million units, still plenty, but a lot less than Android's 20.5 million units, and Apple pulling in 17% of new smartphone sales. Horace Daidu at Simcoe again picks apart the numbers, and he sees a discrepancy between Gartner and IDC numbers. To him, they don't add up. So it gets interesting in the comments where an anonymous commenter claims to be an ex-IDC employee and describes how the sausage is made for the stats like these. He claims that IDC fudges the numbers in order to preserve the growth rate and implies that all the analysts are doing that because it's in their best interests. Every source seems to show Android phone device sales either neck and neck or outpacing iOS device sales. However, mobile web usage stats tell a different story. According to most sources, Android device scales are skyrocketing. Gartner has late 2010 Android unit sales, around 15 times the rate of 2009 sales. But according to net market share, Android web usage is only about five times more than it was in 2009. Apple iOS web usage is about twice what it was last year, and that aligns more closely with Gartner's iOS device sales estimates from 2009 to 2010. Are Android sales stats being inflated? Or do Android users just use the web a lot less? Why does it matter if Android is number one in sales, or Apple, or Symbian? Isn't the real story that mobile devices are selling like crazy? And that creates a huge market for mobile developers and tons of opportunity for mobile startups. Yes, that's the important point that we want to get to the heart of. Are there enough devices to make it worthwhile to develop for? No matter what source you look at, you'll see that there are millions of smartphones from the top OSs being sold every quarter. So yes, there is a market for mobile development and mobile apps on different devices. What's not as clear is how big the market really is. If we believe the sales stats, then the Android opportunity is likely to be larger than Apple iOS, either right now or extremely soon. But we know that no matter how many millions of Symbian, RIM, and Windows mobile devices were sold in the past, they didn't create much developer opportunity. That's because these smartphones were used as phones and not as mobile computers. The vast majority of users never downloaded an app for these devices, and they rarely use the web on them. Symbian is still the number one smartphone in sales, but NetMarketShare reports that Symbian only has 7.4% of mobile browser share, while iPhone has 64.8%. The Symbian smartphones aren't being used like iPhones. They can't be compared. They're in a different market segment. So, Gartner says that Android has passed iOS in unit sales for third quarter 2010. What does the net market share say about Android and iOS web browser usage? According to net market share stats, iOS has 4.9 times more web browser usage than Android. That doesn't make sense if total Android devices are closing in on total iOS devices. Android is not as polished as iOS, but the browser is pretty much just as good. These are very usable web devices. I'll keep digging into these numbers to find out where the best opportunities are today for mobile developers. In the long run, you're likely to develop for both iOS and Android. And if things go well for Microsoft, perhaps Windows Phone. But most developers and startups have got to make short-term bets on which platform to support first. And for developers, device usage is a more important number than unit sales. So paying customers are nice too, right? In addition to customers that use their devices, 
They're going to want customers that spend money on them. Now, I've got a link here to research by Page Once that finds that iPhone users spend about 20% more per month on all expenses than Android phone users do. It doesn't break down the expenses. However, the average monthly phone bill was about 20% lower for iPhone than Android. Next story, you're all getting smartphones whether you like it or not. I think every person on the planet is going to end up with a smartphone. Uh, Verizon just launched the Motorola Citrus. This won't be the phone everyone ends up with, but it's a low-end Android phone. This one's $50 after rebate. I've already seen high-end Android phones free after rebate. And these low-end versions are making it even easier for carriers to offer them cheap or free. Smartphones make their customers into better consumers with data plans, media purchases, and app purchases. Uh, regular e-commerce purchases are easier, too. And, of course, smartphones with their big screens and interactivity are better for advertisers. The carriers have got to keep growing. And customers stop spending after they buy simple feature phones. So the carriers are going to find a way to upgrade everyone they can to smartphones. So, as a developer, don't worry about the skeptics you know who feel like mobile development is a fad. These devices are the future, whether they like it or not. The carriers are going to make sure that everyone has one. And a little fun link to end the show with. Table Connect for iPhone is a 58-inch multi-touch screen that connects directly to an iPhone via USB. Uh, it's got to be a jailbroken iPhone, and there isn't a release date yet for this. But there's an awesome demonstration video of the creators using this massive screen embedded in an iPhone-shaped table as a huge iPhone. If you saw it earlier this month already, check out the new video where they hold it up with two guys <laughs> holding up the screen, tilting it back and forth, and playing Labyrinth with that little metal ball right on the screen. It is ridiculous and awesome. Link is in the show notes at mobiledevelopershow.blogspot.com. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Mobile Developer Show. I'm Drew Wells. Please email me at drew, D-R-E-W, at falafel.com with your comments, suggestions, and feedback. See you next week.
iOS has 4.9 times more web browser usage than Android.